Join with me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for each person that's watching this service. Thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word. I pray that as we do, that we would see truth, truth that's been revealed to us through your spirit, truth that will lead us to a different way of thinking and a different way of acting. Help us not just to be hearers of your word, but help us to be doers as well. Lord, I pray that uh, as we look into our scripture today, that, that you would meet each of us where we are, that you would help us deal with the challenges that we have and, and the, the uh, fears that we face. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Ever since I moved to the state of Florida, I've learned to respect two phenomena that happens regularly in this state. One is lightning, and it was confirmed by an article I just read a few days ago that uh, I've read uh, really the, the year I moved into Florida, 1992. There are more lightning deaths in the state of Florida than all the other states combined. And so I have learned a healthy respect. When it thunders outside, I, I seek cover. I, I want protection. The other thing I, I have learned to uh, respect is that of wind. And of course, Florida being a hurricane state and us having hurricanes dart around our, our Florida peninsula every season, uh, I've learned a, a respect for hurricanes as well. So I don't know about you, but I, I, I like to be protected and I like to get protected as soon as possible when, when there's danger afoot. One thing that did surprise me though recently, it was, it was June 6th, just a few weeks ago, it was a Saturday evening, and uh, my wife and I simultaneously got an alert from, from the uh, uh, powers that be that there was a tornado, not watch, but a tornado warning. And we talked, and Renee came in. She says, there's a warning. What do you think we should do? Well, we turned on the local news, and just as we turned on the local news, they switched over to their weatherman, and uh, they also then switched over to a live shot of a tornado touching down, real-time touching down in South Orlando, moving north toward me and, and my wife. And uh, we, we were transfixed. We were looking at this tornado moving, just proceeding, flashes of, of power outages behind it. Uh, they, the, the, the weatherman was sounding very concerned. They, they said it was heading right through the executive airport. We just live a mile north of the executive airport. We were, we were really concerned. And this has been an interesting year in terms of fear, but boy, that fear really, really took hold of me. And I, I said to Renee, what do you think we should do? And she said, well, I guess we should cover we, we didn't even get coverage. We just watched that thing approach us. And uh, the, the one memory that I have of that time is I just wanted to be protected. I did not want that tornado to hit. The psalm that we're going to be in today is Psalm 121, and this is a psalm of protection. Uh, this psalm is the second of 15, a series of 15 psalms called the Songs of Ascent, and they were psalms that were sung by the children of Israel, the pilgrims, as they would go up to Jerusalem for the festivals, three festivals in particular every year. There was the festival of the Passover, the Pesach, which uh, uh, reminded them of the uh, escape they had from slavery in Egypt. Uh, there was the the uh, uh, feast of Pentecost or Shavat, 
uh, which Shabbat means weeks. It's seven weeks exactly after the Feast of the Passover, and uh, it reminded them of, of the gift of the Torah and, and the law. And then there was one other festival in, in the fall, uh, the festival of the booths or Sakat, and it reminded them how God delivered them uh, after 40 years in the wilderness into the Promised Land. These were very, very special times for the children of Israel because they brought them back to focus on their spiritual life and what God had done for them, not just as a people, but for them as individuals as well. So the pilgrims would sing these psalms on the way up to Jerusalem. And I do mean up. Jerusalem uh, was a city located at the highest altitude of any city in Israel. It's, it's, it's perched on top uh, of a chain of, of, of mountains. And the pilgrims on, on their journey would sing these songs to encourage themselves uh, and to, to uh, anticipate this time that they were going to have spiritually. Jesus, of course, also worshiped in Jerusalem and his disciples, of course, with him. Uh, there's a passage in, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Mark 10, 32, that says this. This is now, now they, Jesus and his disciples, were going on the road up to Jerusalem. Notice the word up. And Jesus was walking on ahead of them. And they were perplexed. And those who were following were alarmed and afraid. Uh, this journey uh, was a journey that uh, was fraught many times with peril. And I think as I read that verse, I said, a lot of times that's me, alarmed and afraid. Traveling on roads uh, during these days was always stressful, if not dangerous. There were robbers, there was finicky weather, uh, there were rough road conditions. And when you, when you went up to these festivals, you were always going uphill. Can you imagine walking on a road, primarily uphill, to get to your destination for days on end? And all these made for what could be a very, very stressful journey. So, the singing of these songs, these psalms, was not just encouraged by singing of God's grace, but it also, especially in terms of this psalm, it was, it was sung just to calm their anxious fears. So let me read it for you. This is Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is the word of God. Here's how this psalm begins. I, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So if you can put your, put your inner eyes and your imagination on, on this this journey, these groups of pilgrims who are traveling together on this road, several roads really, up to Jerusalem. And they are walking along and they are making sure, first of all, that their steps are going to be secure because many times these roads were very rough, they weren't paved. But then perhaps as they, as they encountered a smoother stretch of road, they, they, they would be able to just sort of look up and look ahead. Remember, this, 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 this mountain range is there ahead of them. And as they, they would look up, what would they see? Well, 
what would they would see would be hills, lots of them. And interestingly enough, before they got to Jerusalem, what would they see on these hills? Well, they would see many times pagan altars, two gods that had infiltrated the worship of the children of Israel. We find this all through the Old Testament, the god Baal and the god Asherah. Baal was the, the powerful sun god, and he was the one who, who would, would make uh, someone successful if he were worshipped appropriately. And, and Asherah was, was a female deity, and she was considered the moon god, and she was a goddess of fertility. And many times around these, these pagan altars that, that, that these Jewish people would erect would be a grove of trees prohibited very clearly by the law in Deuteronomy that there should not be a grove of trees around any, any altar of the Lord. And so on their way to the, to the real temple where they would pray to the God who is alive, they would be confronted by all these these pagan areas of worship on top of these hills. They'd see these groves. I'm sure they would wonder about them, but they were a symbol of something that I'm sure reminded them of this. They, they, they were false gods of protection. Can you imagine a Hebrew person just saying, hey, I'm just going to hedge my bets. I'm just going to, yeah, I believe in, in, in the God of Israel, but I'm just going to make sure that these pagan gods are, are satisfied too. Who, who knows? So here they are erecting these uh, and, and putting groves of trees around them. And, but they are really, when you consider it, they're, they're cheap forms of worship. They're false gods of protection. During these last few months, I, I, I've confronted my own false gods of protection, the things that I put in my life that, to sort of allay my fears, things that are, that, that are now challenged quite regularly. That there are a lot of false gods of protection. The false god of money, uh, the false god of power, to be able to, to decide where you want to go, when you want to go. That, that, that is no longer necessarily the case in terms of where we live right now. The false god of prestige, where you can influence people. Uh, those are all gods that take us in a direction away from the true and living God. It's cheap worship. It's easy worship. And I'm sure some of these pilgrims were thinking, you know, those people, don't, those people aren't marching with us up to Jerusalem. They've, they've chosen an easier way to worship, the false gods of protection. But this psalm is a psalm that allows the pilgrim to focus on the one who is actually in control. We've been in an out-of-control environment in 2020. 2020 has been a year, I, I keep telling people this, that people will write about for decades, if not centuries, to come. It, it's, it's pivotal in many cases. We've had to deal with a, with a pandemic, the CV-19 plague. We've, we've had protests uh, demanding justice in our country for, for uh, things that are done and, and, uh, and hurts that have been caused on, on people over the the, the decades and the centuries. Uh, there, there are even bizarre things like there are killer hornets in, in Washington state for crying out loud. And there, there are locusts in India. There, there's, there are sands that are blowing in from the Sahara Desert. Uh, there are even tornadoes in Orlando. Who's in control? Well, this psalm is a psalm that gives us assurances 
of God's protection. And he does it in, in three ways. And this is a, a beautiful poem of the, of the way that God does indeed protect us. First of all, there's physical protection. The psalm says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So one of the concerns of traveling in this day and age is that of physical safety. It was very easy because of these rough roads to, to sprain an ankle or, or wrench a knee on these unpaved roads. And these travelers were dealing with the fear of physical harm, robbers. Who, who, who are they going to meet along the way? As I mentioned, we've had to deal with, with the coronavirus and uh, I think it's wise and good to have safety precautions and, and to follow guidelines given to us by our government. I think, that's, I think that's only prudent. But I think it's better, frankly, to remember that God's the one who's in control and God is the one who gives us protection. I think the fear of harm and death is probably one of the worst emotions that we can feel. I've told you uh, before that I've, I've had heart surgery, I've had an aortic valve replacement, and uh, I've had known about my condition for several years before I had to have this operation. And uh, of course, several visits to the cardiologist to monitor where my heart was and how, how this valve was functioning. And one time I was doing a stress test and my, my actual cardiologist wasn't there. He was on vacation. There's another cardiologist and he was standing next to the, to the uh, little treadmill that I was on doing the stress test and there was an intern next to him. And evidently something didn't look quite good on the, on the stress test because I heard the intern supposedly whisper to the doctor, is this the kind of patient that uh, shouldn't drive anymore? And uh, um, that got my attention and um, I was concerned and, and this uh, doctor was concerned after the test. He came in and said, hey, we have to do more tests. And for the first time in my life, and really the only time in my life, for a period of about three or four weeks till I had further tests, uh, I had chest pains every day. That chest pains didn't necessarily come from my heart. That came from the fear I had about the condition of my heart. What God promises here is protection, physical protection, so we don't have to go down the fear road. God is the one who watches over us. There's physical protection and then there's mental protection. So the psalmist says, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And he says, the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. So two, two different things are one, the sun, the sun will not harm you by day. It, it not, not lost on the singers of this psalm was the fact that they were looking up at, at a pagan worship of a sun god. And uh, this, was, this was their verbal claim that that was not going to have an effect over them. And if you travel in this part of the country, in Israel, you know that it's very arid. Uh, the sun can be quite scorching. And uh, uh, sunstroke is a very real danger, especially for a traveling pilgrim. So when, when one does have sunstroke, uh, it's, it does affect your ability to reason, your, your ability to, to think through things. And I think this is a metaphor for the mental stress that sometimes overcomes us. The psalmist is saying that God is the one who protects us from this, from this, this mental stress, the, the worries that overcome us. And then he uses this, this beautiful picture. Uh, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Um, in Florida, 
I also have learned to appreciate the luxury of shade. I, I uh, realized that early on, given uh, the uh, beautiful head of hair that I have, that being in the sun for for long periods of time probably isn't a good thing. And, and I always seek out shade when I'm out, especially in, in bright sun during the summer. I have a friend who went camping. Uh, this is, he told me this years ago, but he loved to camp. He loved to go alone when he camped. And he found a, a state park in Florida that um, where you, you could only walk into the campsite. And he wanted to just have this real authentic Florida experience. So he got his backpack up and, and uh, he told me he was going and he, he said, I had my backpack and I walked, it was a hot day. He said it was unbelievably warm and I was, I was really suffering. And uh, I just couldn't wait to get to my campsite. But, but uh, to get to the campsite, I had to leave this open field and then walk through this woods. And he says, when I went into the woods, into the shade, there was a 15 to 20 degree drop in temperature. I just went from this boiling hot to, to the coolness of shade. And what these people were saying was, is that God is the one who is, who is our shade. He's the one who protects us mentally as, as we try to think through and, and, and reason through the direction of our lives. What's stressing you out? What's concerning you? What, what, what are your worries right now? What's harming your psyche? A friend of mine who plays tennis with me every week texted me right after we played tennis. He'd gone home earlier. He said, oh, I have an urgent a message for you need to call me right away and and uh, I was I was worried urgent is is uh, a really strong word and I called him right away I said Perry what's wrong he says oh, I was with a friend of mine recently and and uh, he tested positive for coronavirus and I don't know if I have it I might have affect, infected you I don't know well that's really caused stress and worry it caused my friend Perry the most worry because he's had some some other conditions that might compromise his health. But my response was, I appreciate your concern. We'll take the precautions. But God's the one who's in control. God's the one who determines. He's the one, what happens to us? The Lord is the one who provides the shade we need. He watches over us. These people saying of God's protection physically, God's protection mentally, and then God's protection emotionally. The sun will not harm you by day. And notice the next phrase, nor the moon by night. What does that mean? How is the moon going to harm anyone? Well, in these times, and really to this day, in, in a sense, it's thought that the moon can sort of change things. Uh, it, it, it was felt at this, in these days that the moon could somehow mess with your mental stability. Uh, and, and the word lunar, uh, is, of course, referring to the moon, but we get the, our English word lunacy from that as well. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphor for the, the emotional stress sometimes and the emotional dysfunction and instability that we can have. The psalmist was saying, and these people were saying, the Lord will protect me emotionally as well. We all go through dark times emotionally. We do. And sometimes those emotions can overwhelm us to the point where we just cannot function adequately. I talk to people many times who are dealing with depression. And depression is, is, a, is a serious and, and, and very difficult uh, condition to have and it can affect a person for weeks and months and sometimes even years. I remember uh, I've had three bouts of depression in my lifetime, three very significant times where I, I went through 
physical fear that led to, a, to, to mental processing that took me down the wrong road that really left me almost bankrupt emotionally, very, very depressed. For six months, uh, my first depression lasted. It, it, it was dark. There were dark thoughts. There was poor sleep. There was an erratic appetite. There were mood swings. The psalmist was saying, and these people were saying, the Lord is the one then that can foc help focus us in the right direction. He's the one that can come in and deal with us during these, these dark times. So what's the antidote? How, how do these people conclude? Well, they, they, they sang this, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Where were these pilgrims going? They were, they were going to worship the God who created and sustained them. They lifted up their eyes, past all these, these little side exits into this pagan worship, this cheap worship options, to the one true God who is really their creator and their sustainer. They were reminded as they lifted up their eyes what they needed to focus on. God, the one who is in control, the one who protects physically, mentally, and emotionally. The tornado missed our house. I just want to share that with you. We were, we were saved. Uh, thankfully, the tornado, when it did touch down, it did a lot of, lot of damage, but no, no one was hurt physically, thankfully, uh, where, where it did come down and where it did hit. But tornadoes do cause harm. Tornadoes can cause damage and injury and even death. And when these tornadoes hit, what are we to do then? The Psalm says here, the Lord will keep you from all harm. But what if that harm is something that we can't avoid? What's, what's, what, how, do we, how do we respond to this? What should we say? What do we do then? I have a friend who has gone through a harrowing experience recently. His, uh, his adult son, age 21, had a, an accident. He fell, severely injured his head, uh, went into a coma. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of damage done to his brain. Doctors feared for his very life. And, and uh, I, that's a story for another day in terms of how God intervened and brought healing to this young man and, and to that family. But as my friend was sharing some of the, some of the uh, days of, of going through all this, this journey of trying to determine you know, what God's will was and what would happen with his son, he told of an encounter he had with another gentleman who was also in a, in a, a hospital waiting room with him. And he struck up a conversation with this man and, and uh, found out that this man had, uh, has a daughter who had, had a severe accident, was a paraplegic, and was on her 30th operation uh, in terms of taking her through uh, this, this, these steps of hopefully getting her in the best shape that she could possibly have, given, given the, the harm that she had encountered. And my friend, as he was talking to this man, also discovered that he was a man of faith, and they shared about their faith in the Lord. So my friend David looked at this man and, and asked the question, he says, how, how do you do this? Over the years, the, the, the struggle in, in these operations, how do how, how do you do it with your faith? And uh, remember very vividly what he said this man's answer was. He said, every operation, every challenge, I have a choice. Do I turn away from God 
where I turn toward God. And I made the decision that every time I'm going to turn toward God. So where are we going? Where is our focus? Where will we find protection? To whom will we turn? I lift my eyes up into the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth.